All right, everybody. This is Scoots here. This is a this is a, this came up in the intro. I did not expect this, uh, but this is an episode that'll be called "This Old Boat." And even as I've been saying to myself for the past, I said, "What is uh, this going to be about?" And I say, "I don't know." But there was a show that I didn't really watch. I, I saw it was satir, sat, sat, satirized uh, as a kid. It looks like it's still on 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 the air. I'm gonna read the Wikipedia article about it. It looks like it has a new cast. Uh, when I was a kid, it was no. It's, the show was called This Old House, and Bob Villa was on it. V i l l a, and Bob Villa slowly it was like when it was PBS. It was like like similar to Rick Steves, but. Uh, it was this old house. Bob Villa was on it. I think at some point, like Bob Villa had like true, was doing ads for True Value and had like Bob Villa brand stuff at True Value. But oh wow, Bob Villa hasn't presented it since 1989. Then it was Steve Thomas from 89 to 2003, Kevin O'Connor 2003 to present, and different stars of the show. I honestly, I've never I've never owned a house, so I've never really watched the house. In my entire adult life, I've never even, like, uh, really realistically thought about owning a house. I mean, like, even kind of, uh, I've always lived in the Bay Area, so it's just been something I've been like, well, it's probably just not for me. I mean, if I lived somewhere, like, uh, that wasn't a major metropolitan area, I might think about it. But even for me, I just, like, personally, like, uh, I don't know, I tend to, to be contrarian about stuff you're supposed to grow up and do. So that was another thing where I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not going to own a house. And then living in the Bay Area, it's just something, it's just a different area where you're, you're uh, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, that's too much, comes with too much. But let's read about this old house since I don't know anything about it really. Oh, it had a sister series. It wasn't called This Old Boat, but This Old House had a sister series, Ask the, the, This Old House, uh, they were often broadcast together as this the This Old House Hour or the new This Old House Hour. They were underwritten by GMC and the Home Depot and Lumber Distributor. Uh, the one Weyerhauser, Weyerhauser, uh, they were built, were paying a million a year as an underwriter. Also, you know, insurance companies, different things under underwritten the show. And the third series was inside this old house. So know this old boat, but soon, I mean, reach out. You could borrow the name from me. Uh, the renovation guide on the learning channel. The classics are still carried on commercial, on the DIY network and syndicated. It was one of the earliest home improvement shows. We're not going to do a recap of this old house. I'm just, uh, it started as a one-time 13-part series on WGBH, uh, and it grew as one of the more, it was it produced spinoffs, New Yankee Workshop, 17 Emmys and 82 nominations. Uh, there was uh, the one, their first two projects were in uh, Dorchester and Newton, and it was always focused on renovating older homes, including those of modest size and value. Oh, with the same sweat equity kind of thing that they use in a lot of the shows. These are shows, I mean, I'm, I don't have anything against these shows. It's just not my thing. Like, uh, 
So, but I do watch them on people, other people's screens on airplanes. I tend to watch a lot of that, like Property Brothers on airplanes, but uh, when other people are watching it. Is that the show Property Brothers, I think? But that goes for other genre shows. Shark Tank, I've never seen it, and there's other shows like that. Uh, I did watch one episode of Shark Tank recently. I think that's by accident. I don't even know how I accidentally watched that, but... uh, but usually I watch those on airplanes as well while other people are watching it. Uh, I watched one. It wasn't Shark Tank, but it was something like it where they, this was like four years ago. And they then I started watching it because it was on demand on the plane because they were working with Key Lime Pies. Anyway, shows you watch on airplanes, watch other people watching. Uh, oh, yeah. Bob V has started his competing show. Uh, because he was making commercials, uh, oh, that weren't, you know, in, weren't working with the underwriters. You know, it's tough. It's tough being a content creator. But during V's tenure, there was 11 million viewers. Uh, uh, let's see. Then Kevin O'Connor. Um, anyway, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot about it. But I think that's the most important thing was that, uh, that it was just a show. So then I was thinking during the, yeah, it was the, the only important part was that it was about fixing up old houses. So then I thought of like uh, this old boat, like I said, and I said, well, there's probably, I mean, here's the thing. I don't know anything. I don't, I don't know anything about fixing stuff or remodeling stuff. I mean, for me, remodeling would be like getting enough stuff off the floor to vacuum. That's like a remod. That's like a heavy duty sweat equity remodel where I live. But it got me thinking this old boat sounds nice. That sounds like a show I would probably not watch either. And then I thought, you know, I thought of uh, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier because they were working on an old boat. And I enjoy I enjoyed that, too. Though I did again. I think I said it maybe in the intro or intro of another episode. I would have liked to see those two or, or the whole fam out on the boat on the water uh, like that cut of the episode. So anyway, if you want, you know, if you want, if you want to put me in touch with whoever's in charge, oh, Malcolm Spellman is in charge of it. Uh, one of one of the one of the, the great uh, TV showrunners and uh, guests of uh, uh, Script Notes podcast. Script Notes, not Script Notes. That's another. That's a different podcast. But uh, so, what's my point? So okay, so thinking about this old boat, right? And I had a couple of days to think about it since the intro because I said, well, what would we do it about? And then I said, part of me was like, oh, let's do something fantastical. But then I said, well, we could do like a personal essay style one and see where it goes. Because of the boats, like the boats that I've encountered in my life. Uh, and I, and then I started thinking about it. I said, OK, so let's start with uh, we've never been a big boat family but when I, after I said that to myself, then I started thinking about the boats in our lives. These are the boats of our lives, like uh, boats on an hourglass lake. And those are all old boats. So I said, okay, this old boat, these are the boats of my past. And we will have to go with a broad definition of boats, um, if that's okay with everybody, which I think hopefully it is, uh, and we'll take it. We'll take a little journey here, and there'll probably be other boats that bob right up out of my subconscious. 
And I think the boats should be split, at least initially, into what I can remember and particular lakes. And I guess with you can't really talk about Syracuse, Central New York uh, lakes without talking about Onondaga Lake, which hopefully one day I will take a boat out on. When I was a kid, Onondaga Lake, you couldn't go, you, you could walk on the shore of it. But it's this really big lake in the city of Syracuse. Um, or I guess maybe part of it is in Salve in North Syracuse. But I, I don't know. I don't think I've been on a boat on uh, Onondaga Lake. And, but I think you can go on a boat on Onondaga Lake now. So that's Lake One. It just thought of another boat story. So hopefully we'll get to Skinny Atlas Lake because I have two boats I encountered there. And those would be in my uh, middle school, sixth grade, or fifth, sixth grade to high school years. But let's go further back, you know, to, to elementary grammar school. So we're going with Oneida Lake. Uh, is that right? Is that the name of the lake? And Oneida Lake. Now, Oneida Lake runs kind of along um, the New York State Thruway. And it's a bigger lake. It's still very close to the city of Syracuse. On, on the outskirts of Brewerton is a lake. Um, not very sure about directions. Northwestern or northeastern edge of the lake. And this lake was a big part of my childhood. And just a few boats uh, that we encountered or floating things. So we'll talk about this. So... Oneida Lake, my dad has one best friend. His name is Richard Dick. Uh, he goes by Dick, Dick and Ann. And uh, Dick and uh, his father, when I was a little kid, would normally have a boat. Uh, and once a year, in a oh, motorboat, like a boat you see, not like a yacht, Never, no yachts in this story. But like the kind of boat you take out on that you would go fishing or water skiing on. Not that there was any water skiing, though there were, I would always fantasize about it until eventually I did. But uh, I didn't need to anymore. But um, so w w that was my those are my first memories of being in a boat with an engine that I can remember are these times, and I guess they're treasured, they're lightly treasured memories. You wouldn't say they're formative memories, but I say, oh, when I think about motorboats, I think about, uh, I guess we call him Uncle Dick, or God, he's my godfather, actually. So my godfather, Dick, and he he would take us out on these boats, and it would be nice. We'd just take a little tour, and he, I believe most of the time, his boat was parked somewhere near Brewerton, New York, on the Erie Canal, which I think Oneida Lake is a part of the Erie Canal system. So I'm thinking that the Erie Canal goes in one end of the Oneida Lake, and then you would traverse Oneida Lake and then rejoin for the last stretch from Oneida Lake to Lake Ontario, which nowadays has been... I think it's slowly being revitalized. Like you could kayak or boat, pleasure boat from Oneida Lake to Lake Ontario. And again, I mean, those of us with, uh, you know, with uh, looking back with 2020 vision say, man, uh, any of that Erie Canal that got filled in, what a, you know, that's like, uh, 
let's dig that. It can't, you can't dig it up in certain places because it's like downtowns of towns and cities are over it. But, oh boy, the recreational possibilities if the entire Erie Canal was still open. But let's not quibble. Let's not quibble. So, I mean, I guess I just did. But so... So boat rides, and all I remember is, you know, it was a motorboat. It felt cool. It was a nice boat. And Dick would probably go fast every once in a while. And it was something kind of we did once a year on a yearly basis. felt like a little special trip. Now, I'm not, the only reason I pause is because I think that uh, they lived in, in Canastota, which I think is in another lake. So I could have my lakes mixed up, but I can kind of picture Brewerton. There's a bridge that goes over where the Erie Canal meets uh, Lake uh, Oneida Lake. But So that's one old boat. That was probably, of all the boats, that's probably the newest boat uh, that we'll encounter. And I guess it was a, maybe it was one boat, maybe it was a variety of boats. I don't know. So that's boat one. Now, boat two and three, these ones you'd say, Scooch, you're kind of grasping at boating straws. And I'd say, well, that's what we're here for, correct? Uh, and hopefully, now I just revisited this to see how much of my dreams, well, I revisited this in 2019. Hopefully in 2020, 2021, after, or no, yeah, 2021, but it hasn't come yet, I will have a chance to revisit this location. So uh, Oneida Lake has an area called Sylvan Beach, and it also has a Verona Beach, uh, or the two kind of beach areas where you would rent a cottage. And that's where we went for, now my my family, there were six kids in my family. At other times there was five kids, then four kids, then three kids. And so for vacation every summer, my parents would rent a cottage on Oneida Lake. I talked about it in other times. And we would stay at this cottage. And, and the, our cottage was next door to the people that owned the cottage where they lived full time. And I don't want to say their last name, but I, and also I say, do I remember it or not? But, I mean, I do remember J.J. was the old, one of the older brothers. He was never wore a shirt, always had long hair, and he played the drums. Pretty much, you know, was like, didn't even give me the time of day. But I said, one day, I'd like to be like J.J. And at least I achieved that mostly in the summertime by trying to wear a shirt on as little of a basis as I can. Don't play the drums. I guess my hair's kind of long now, but J.J., I think, had curly hair. And then J.J.'s brother, that was my age, was named Critter, or Chris. And we had friend thing going uh, on and off. Uh, and, and then my brother Carl and Sheila are just two years younger than me. So we, we so we'd go to Sylvan Beach every year for about a week, I think. Maybe it was longer. Usually my dad, like sometimes he was working still, so he could still commute to work uh, since it was close enough to Syracuse. Even though for a little kid, it felt like it was four hours away. I think it's like 45 minutes or an hour. And we went there, like that was a big part of my childhood. It was that week or two weeks we went there in the summer and rented that place. And I have so many memories in there, but of, of the boat variety... I have two. Now, this was back in the 80s, so I don't know how much my parents were paying for this cottage, but it was like, these are the kind of things that, uh, 
you wish you like like that were are, are gems. Like I have no idea. This was right on the beach. It had like a grass and a seawall and then a sandy beach. Now there was one thing about Sylvan Beach still exists, which is like the swamp between the beach and the swimmable water. So maybe that like lowered home values, but to have like a cottage on the beach is like, that's like a lot of people's dreams. Now I did talk about this in other stories, but like you, so it had this beautiful beach, probably a manufactured beach, but I don't know because actually the swamp, uh, would keep the, I guess probably protected the beach. And I don't, I don't know nothing about agriculture, aquaculture or anything, but so this this cottage it had like a little bit of a grass, then the seawall, and then the beach. And you could sit on the beach, you could play, you could dig, you could dig all the way down to the water table, so you could have muddy sand, and it was awesome. But after the sand, you came to this area. We called it muck. We called it the muck. Uh, and f- for about ten. Now, now, more like twenty-five feet uh, to to a hundred feet. There was just this. Uh, I guess, like, because of whatever the water and the the sandbars, because there's a lot of sandbars. This whole lake has a sandy bottom. There was like an area of algic water, uh, and it was very green. It was warm. And to a kid, you couldn't see to the bottom. So it's like very, you know, vested. And it was only ankle to, uh, I think the deepest it got was probably like mid, maybe to kids to your like top of your swimsuit, your shorts. But you would have to go through that muck and then you would get to clear, beautiful swimming water. So... Well, that was always a part of it was like, do you run through it? And I, I started to have like, I would imagine, like, I don't know, it's a sleep podcast, but I didn't imagine anything that like any, any antagonists in there, just fish. I, I don't know. That was just one of the things I would overthink of. But so even my mom had a lot of siblings. Sometimes they would try to make like a sand bridge through the muck, but then, you know, the weather would change and it would get washed away. So it was always like a question of would you run through it or would you swim, you know, run through it or walk through it, trudge through it. And I guess with little kids, you know, they all have their little quirks. I could see that being like, don't you want to go? No, I don't want to go swimming because I don't want to go through the muck. Uh, And I don't know. Beautiful thing is it's like a shared memory with some of not my youngest siblings because they were too young. But so you would traverse the muck and then you would get into this all gorgeous water, like beautiful water. Like a very sandy bottom, clear water. The the wave action never had big waves again because they weren't crashing on the shore. But some good, you know, water motion, and then there usually be a couple sandbars. uh, Like you could discover as you were like, you know, just playing around. Like especially I was a little kid, so then my older cousins or aunts and uncles, they'd be like, they'd go out deeper, and they'd be like, hey, there's a sandbar all the way out here, so you'd go out there. And I don't, so out, but out there, uh, on the stretch of shore we were on, uh, and I don't know who owned it. I don't know if it was the people that owned the cottage that we were staying at or it was someone else. There was always a dock out there or if, but I always associate docks now with something latched to the shore. 
So you could call this a raft. It was a wooden uh, square, and I think it was painted red. So it was sanded, it was painted, maybe at one point it was painted green and it got painted red. This is my vague memories. And it had an anchor, so it was anchored to the ground, and I don't know what was making it float, like uh, barrels or something. And it was very, uh, it was big. I would say, like, it was big enough for, for if you were adults, like three or four adults could go out there and lie next to one another and, and sun. But most, and, and all it was was a big square, wood planks, there was probably a ladder to get out of the water, but usually you just push yourself up on it. It was fairly stable, uh, and mostly just all you did was go out there and jump off. And because it was sandy bottom, I mean, you would make sure. I never thought about moving it or, or who owned it or any of that kind of stuff. I mean, a couple of you know things where you wanted to make sure you didn't jump on the side with the anchor rope, uh, so you wanted to know where the anchor rope was all the time. And, yeah, you would jump off. My dad did uh, tell me that that's, like, one of the places I learned to swim. And that was, like, a, like very much like movies. If you were old enough to swim out to the dock uh, without help, and then you were, like, we, we took swimming lessons at the public pool in Burnett and Park in Syracuse, New York. That's where I technically learned to swim, or Onondaga Park. You know, I guess partially, maybe, yeah, well, Burnett Park and Onondaga Park, the same thing. No. So I guess I took lessons at both of those parks. Yeah, you're right. Those are two different parks. Onondaga Lake Park. Uh, and uh, so the, through Syracuse Parks and Rec is how I really learned to swim. But so that raft was, uh, that was my first, I mean, that was one of our first boats. Uh, and yeah, we just spent a lot of time out there uh, jumping on and off and hanging out. And the older kids would be there, like my cousin, older cousins or older aunts and uncles. And I don't know, that was just a boat. Like, there's not too much else to say about it. I mean, talk about how lucky I am to have an arch, like that's an archetypal thing to have a raft uh, that I got to experience. Like, I'm really grateful for that. And nowadays they have similar stuff that's inflatable. Like, you can get one of those inflatable islands or, like, even a giant foam pad. The difference of those things is you can't anchor it. Uh, and it's not made of wood. But, it, like, what, like it, ha- it can't really have it on a lake that gets a lot of waves or action. Like, this was a fairly calm lake in the summer. And I don't know if in the winter they just left it out there and it froze or they brought it in. So that was one thing. But also, another reason why this is such a treasured memory is that uh, within walking distance, and I would say a 20-minute walking distance from where we rented our, our, our cottage uh, towards the town of Sylvan Beach, and it's, I guess, it, like, I missed it, luckily, like, as a young adult. I guess this town of Sylvan Beach had a, quite a reputation as, like, a rowdy town. I don't know if it still does, like, if you're between the ages, you know, 18 and, and 35, uh, to really go and blow off steam. But I was never, I never went there for that. Uh, but so, there, so if you if you headed towards the town of Sylvan Beach, just... But besides those establishments where people would go blow off steam, 
I guess there's like a diner. Well, I don't guess, and I forget the name of it. I think it's like uh, named after a gentleman or something. And we ate there what, in, 19, in 2019 when I forced my family to go there. I forced my, I begged my daughter, and then we begged her grandparents. And I said, I'll drive all, both ways. We got to go there. I have so many dreams and memories about this place. I got to do research. And it ended up that I didn't do enough research before we left, but you'll hear about that in a second. But so there is this famous diner, and they had, they're famous for their cream pies. So, so we did have a good banana cream pie and a coconut cream pie there, maybe even a chocolate cream pie at this diner. And I think as a kid, we, I mean, we really didn't eat out much so because we had six kids. So I don't know if we maybe ate there once or twice. But what it was more also known for is it had a small amuse. I guess you'd call it an amusement park, but that's a little bit glamorous uh, to call it an amusement park. But uh, as a kid, it did not. It seemed like the greatest place in the world, and it had a um, a playland. What do you call that with the rubber balls game? Funko? No, it has a like a. It's a game where you roll the balls. You try to get them in a row. They had one in San Francisco for a long time on Market Street that closed down. But I don't know. It's like a fair game where you can wear pri- win prizes. We would play that game. And they had other games that were not, uh, like that game at least you had a chance to win, right? Uh, you're just competing against other kids and adults playing. But they had other games, you know, that, you know, with shooting the basketball or whatever. Uh, that we didn't play, but we definitely played that game. Oh, I almost remembered it, and then I forgot it. But uh, and then they had a um, a what do you call it? the ride? Like one of those rides, like um, where you get in and then you go and you have surprises. Uh, evening surprise ride uh, that I talked about, and that one's still there. And to be honest, as a kid, you would want to go on it. I think you'd pay. You, we would get to go down there every once in a while because you know you have to pay for everything. And we would go on that ride. It didn't have. It was not exactly. Uh, what are those rides called? I talked about it on the uh, mute girl from amusement park. But, oh, pretzel ride. Uh, and it was not exactly enthralling, but they had that. Then they had a fun slide, like the kind you see at a street fair nowadays. And sometimes we'd get to do that, but that one wasn't exactly, if if you had like $5 to spend, you usually would try to go on, you wouldn't use it on the fun slide because you say, well, that's a dollar, like to go down three level slide. I could just go, go on a slide at a playground like three times in a row. So they had that, they had uh, the bobsled spinning around, go fast ride which probably we would do, and maybe they added that on. At one time, they had a fun house, uh, and then, like, uh, some stuff they lost. Uh, like, in the fun house, it w- like, that was pretty cool. Like, I remember that would be a highlight, and maybe it was more expensive because I don't remember doing it more than once a year. But it, like, had the thing you go through, the, the spinning, like, uh, room in the mirrors and stuff, uh, and then I think they also had a more advanced uh, evening adventure house, a house of evening adventures around the house, like that was open all the time, but, you know, themed towards the ha- ha- Halloween season. 
And I don't know if we ever went to that, but I thought like that one ended up, they, they like that one went away too. But st- so the pretzel ride, the fun slide is still there. The bobs are still there. Maybe they had a small, like a tiny Ferris wheel. They had food and drinks. So I, I don't, but I don't ever remember eating food or drink there. And then they had a couple of kiddie rides. And, and so at first we went there for the kiddie rides. And there was a motor, like a kiddie ride where you got to ride like a fake motorcycle that was just attached. You know, it was, it was all like, it just went in a circle. It was attached to, you know, there was like two motorcycles. It was like basically a carousel. And then they had one that was a boat ride. That's, so this is boat number three, this old boat uh, and the boats were painted in, like, blue and red and yellow colors. I think they were wooden. They even had, like, uh, you could pretend you were, like, even though it was just you were sitting in a boat, I think it had a steering wheel and maybe, like, a little, um, like, a, a finger cannon with a sound effect. But it was just a carousel ride. I think they also had that same version of that ride in a plane version. So that was boat number three. And so, oh, so in 2019, I went there and I said, please, can we go there? I think I was begging for a while. And there was one day where it wasn't raining and I got my, you know, I broke my parents down. I said, please, can we just drive there? It will drive both ways. I'll pay for the gas, you know, please, please, please. So the day I didn't happen to check the website and because, you know, this was even in 2019, they were only open the like amusement park thing was only open like on the weekends or something. Uh, so hopefully I'll return and get to ride some of the rides. I mean, that's on my goals. Uh, hashtag dream big, you know, but it is cool. I mean, I, and again, I really feel great, 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 great full of gratitude that uh, some of the stuff still exists in some manner for me to go exploring and to bring my daughter along. Cause it's not so much nostalgia for me as like an investigation into reality. I don't know if you ever feel that way, but it's not like, oh boy, I want to go and ride, have my daughter ride that same boat I rode. I just am like, uh, I guess it's like where the simulation thing, it's like, was any of that real? What does it look like now? And I don't know, I have fun with like that when you see something you were at and it looks different, but something looks similar I don't know. I like doing that kind of stuff. Fascination. Is that what it was called? Those ball rolling rides? I think so. Those are called fascination parlors. So that's one round of of, uh, boats. Now, this one's more embarrassing. I've talked about this on the show before, but it's been a while. So there's uh, the Finger Lakes are famous in, in, in New York State, right? And... Uh, you know, we, the Finger Lakes are a bit more, I don't know, like, uh, if all the Finger Lakes are expensive, but like they can be more expensive. So we never rented a house there. They're also colder, the water, and I think they have more full-time residents. But so I did get to go in a boat. I'm going to jump ahead to high school because my friend Marnie had a boat and they had a house on Skinny Atlas Lake. And one time her dad tried to teach me to, uh, I think we were in high school. He wanted me to learn how to uh, water ski. 
And I could not get it, get it. Like, and he kept trying and trying. We were trying, it felt like we were trying for hours. He's like, don't pull, you know, just let the boat pull you or whatever. And every time I'd go down and we must've tried and, and I just couldn't do it. Later in life, I did a, I did eventually get it. Uh, oh, when I was in college, actually Casey in Rochester, I was able to water ski. Um, so I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just uh, like, uh, but I still appreciate how hard uh, he tried to teach me how to water ski, even though it was unsuccessful. And you've heard, so maybe you've heard me talk about this. So I only went to summer camp once. Uh, now, my sister worked at a summer camp. I don't know if that was, what lake that was on. She worked at a 4-H summer camp. And so some of my younger siblings got to go to that camp uh, while she was working there or before or after. And there's a summer camp. Now, when I found out how much these summer camps cost, uh, this was in 2018, I said, holy cow. Like, and, and again, it might just be, it was so inexpensive that I was like, are you sure that's really the price for a week to send a kid to summer camp? But I think part of it is being in the Bay Area and becoming a little, you're, you're, but, but so for one, one week, I went to summer camp when I was in, I think it was between fifth and sixth grade, but it could have been between sixth and seventh grade. And I was already, what's amazing is I was already the person I am today, even back then. I mean, you know, different, but I was very introverted. I was able to make friends, but I was like, uh, I struggled with the same things I struggle with today. Like, uh, so I think that's always interesting to me. At the time, my best friend's name was Bo. And I think my sister and my brother also went at the same time, but we were separated by ages into cabins. And my brother Carl says that I was in the honor cabin, but I don't know what that means exactly. Like, uh, like I don't know if we always kept our cabin the cleanest or something. And that was a bit like the movies, but before I went, I'd watched this one movie with Bo over and over again about summer camp. So I had an incredibly uh, fictional version of what summer camp was like. So, of course, it did not meet my expectations because I was expecting it to be like in the movies. But, like, uh, it still was a great experience, and I appreciate my parents doing it. But one of the things, uh, and this I talked about, but this is also a boat experience. So we were on the older end of kids. Like, probably you don't go to summer camp once you hit seventh grade or something. I don't know what the year is, the cutoff age. But uh, so Bo and I were some of the older kids. So I remember when you got there, you know, your parents drop you off, they leave. At some point in the first day or day and a half, you'd have to take a swim test or, so that you say, okay. And even then, swimming lessons were like a part of it. But if you wanted to be able to take out a canoe, you had to, to, to pass a swimming test, obviously, because they wanted to make sure you can swim, even though you wore ja- life jackets and everything. And I remember taking the swim test because the only swimming uh, stroke I struggle with, which some reason to become an advanced swimmer in the eyes of New York State or Onondaga County, you had to do the side stroke. That was the only stroke I could not get down. And I don't mean to brag, but I mean, like, as far as uh, freestyle or backstroke, I mean, I could swim, you know, I'm really like... Uh, it's been something I've always been adept at. 
but so we passed, Bo and I passed our uh, tests, and then it was like one of the day, one of the early days, maybe even the first day. I think it was probably the first day, because of course this, uh, you know, with you know, I am who I am. It affected me for a few days. You could take out a canoe, and maybe yeah, because it was the first day, there wasn't any structured activity, because it was like a Saturday or Sunday. So, but it was probably Bo. I don't know if it was Bo's idea or my idea, but we're like, wait, let's take a canoe out. So you go to the canoe and check in. You say, okay, got your swimming. Okay, you passed your swimming test. Great. Okay, have you used a canoe before? I said, we said, I was like, like, uh, what do I look like? Uh, and they said, okay, so you know how to paddle a canoe? And maybe Bo didn't, was just getting roped and it's like, yeah, yeah, buddy, I've been paddling canoes since before, you know, before I was, uh, do paddling the water, like, uh, give us a paddle, give us a boat, see you later. Turns out paddling a canoe in a lake is not exactly what, uh, young scoots thought it was. And so they had a lot of rules, like, because there was kids, they had like a free swim and they had swimming lessons where they were given those swimming tests. And there was like a big thing, like a, like whatever line with the buoys and stuff. And the boats were never supposed to go in there because you could bump into somebody that was swimming. And I think Bo and I paddled like for about four paddles before I, like I was probably in the back. We lost total control of the canoe, got hit by the wind, you know, and then went right into the swimming area. And then the, all the lifeguards are like blowing their whistles and saying, hey, now I didn't realize at the time these are like high school and college kids. You know, to me, these are like gods and goddesses. And someone had to like dive in and push our boat. And they're like, it's it, you know, no more canoeing for you two. So that was another boat where I was like, okay, that's it for me in canoes. And for a while, that was it for me in canoes. For the most part, I said, <laughs> I wonder if this really was a formative experience. Where I said, yeah, canoeing is not for me. Because, yeah, I didn't canoe again for a while. So that was those, but that was the, that was the Lake Skinny Atlas. Uh, and the only other things I remember about that is like playing Foursquare once. Uh, I would get a chocolate eclair, not a chocolate eclair thing, but you know, those like, uh, popsicles that are called chocolate eclairs they have the crunchy stuff on the outside you could get a strawberry or chocolate one and they had a canteen that's what i got every night with my canteen money like probably was like whatever 25 or 50 cents that was my nightly treat uh and uh yeah mostly i like i found myself like like Bo was a little bit more easygoing and like extroverted but a lot of times i found myself just walking around you know solo in between making boondoggles i don't even know what else you would do it uh i just remember walking around a lot and eating and i think of like heavy oatmeal okay so that's skinny atlas like then we go to lake ontario old lake terry and at some point, my 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 mom and my dad and my aunt and my uncle. So my aunt and my uncle have three kids: uh, John, Betsy, and Abby. And then my parents have six kids. And my dad knew somebody. Oh yeah, Miss uh, Norm. My dad had a friend, Norm. Actually, Norm had a boat too. So this is a little maybe. Norm, we would go out on a boat with Norm too. 
and actually hit one of his daughters became was one of our was our second babysitter regular babysitter sarah and so norm he 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 lived up on lake ontario so we'd go go up there for a barbecue once a year and i think he had a boat and we'd go on his boat but the area he was in in lake ontario at some point um and again, you think about how things have changed, I guess. Uh, like my parents and my aunt and uncle, like one of the places near Norm's, like a cabin, went up for sale and they bought it. They like put their money together and they bought this thing. And I think whatever the price was at this point, I say, wait a second, you can't even like, uh, it's like less than a year's rent in the Bay Area to buy a cabin on a lake. But so they bought this place and we would go up there. And it like it was like a, although there was like a small upstairs and it would be packed with bunk beds because there were so many kids, and I don't know how the adults figured out. I guess I wonder where all the adults slept, but um, never thought about that till just just now, because downstairs there was only like one bedroom. I'll have to ask my parents about that. Um, so huh, I'm really confused. Uh, Maybe there's another area made into a bedroom. So we shared this little cabin and eventually like uh, then another place went up to rent. It was such a deal. Like, I don't, I don't know. Then then they had, they had another cabin or they were going to, we were going to rent one out or something. I don't remember. I was just a kid. Like, uh, but I was like, uh, whatever. This was like when I was in seventh grade and eighth grade. And then, so, because we, now my parents, like I said, we're not really boat people, but my uncle, Ed, he had a canoe, an old town canoe, a red old town canoe that he loved. And then my dad bought an used aluminum rowboat, and I think it was an aluminocraft. I mean, I think these things could last for like a hundred years. But at some point he bought a nut, like he bought one that seems even older. But this was just like your basic aluminum rowboat, right, with uh, oars. And at some point he bought a motor for it, but we weren't allowed to use a motor. And I think when I'm thinking of this time, like uh, it didn't, um, I think like you had to be, like in my dad's eyes, you had to be like 16 and past your driving to, to even use a outboard hand-holding, you know, four horsepower outboard motor but you know i am now i'm a parent i can understand but so we would take that but like so we had that rowboat and then we had the canoe and so some of our siblings were excluded from this because they were too little but we were allowed we oh we had taken boating safety lessons um at some point and we all had to add swimming lessons, and we all wore life jackets. But so we were allowed to take these. I guess now I'm like thinking about this. I'm like, I would, this wouldn't fly with me as a parent. So my parents were much looser. But so we would take out the canoe and the rowboat. And of the group of us, it would be myself and my cousin John are the same age. My cousin Betsy... My cousin, my brother Carl, and my sister Sheila are all within a year of each other. So all of the five of us are within like a two-year age range. I think my cousin Abby 
my brother Dan and my brother Kenneth, they were like too little to be involved in boating. They had, you know, they weren't at swimming. They weren't at swim, then had swim lessons. And then my brother Ted, uh, who's like uh, four, five years younger than me. So we would all go out in these two boats and we would do something called boat W-A-R-S's. Um, and normally, I guess this wasn't very fair either. It would be my sister Sheila, my brother Ted, and my cousin Betsy in the canoe. And then my brother Carl, my cousin John, and I in the rowboat. I mean, the rowboat was harder to row. And we would fill up buckets or, or like, those things, with pails, like uh, sand pails, you know, that you used to play with sand. And the oars, uh, and we would take the boats out, and then we'd try to chase each other around and then splash each other with this river water. This is all in a river, not in Lake Ontario. And we would splash each other like giant buckets of water, like almost trying to fill up the canoe. And uh, every once in a while, the canoe would flip, and you could stand up, or like somebody would fall out of the rowboat. And it was a, kind of a swampy river. So you, like, if you stood up, uh, it was never super deep, but the first, like, two or three feet of the bottom of the river are, like, old leaves and stuff. I don't remember falling in, but I must have at least once. Uh, but I definitely remember other people falling in and stuff like that. And then, we, you know, like, getting everybody out. But just, like, and it must have been so loud. That's what I think about now, as, I guess, as an adult. And I guess because, like, if you were, like, uh, the way that all the cabins there are, like, the river is just, like, the sound just really carries there. And, like, we were really loud kids. I mean, now when I go up there, I barely see any kids. Uh, or I guess, my you know, my, my daughter's with us and maybe my sister's kids or my brother's kids. But uh, I guess they're not quite as rambunctious as we were. And that was like a, like a really fun game. I don't know how, I, I can't remember. I'll have to ask him if that was something we did regularly or we only did it once and it just seared itself in my memory. But uh, it was another boat. And I don't know if that boat had a name, but I really liked the original aluminum rowboat. It was very light uh, comparatively because now we have a little bit bigger one and it had tight oar locks. Uh, and that's one thing that's unrelated, like un- underrated, and it was uh, not super wide. So even a teenage or, or middle schooler, it was still hard to row. Um, but now we have another aluminum rowboat, and it's a little bit bigger, and it has loose oar locks. And so rowing it, like uh, it can even for me as an adult, can be quite tiring because it's. Uh, I don't know. It's pretty wide. I mean, not super wide. I mean, you're talking like three a three bench rowboat. I think the other one was either a two bench or a one bench rowboat. So it's just harder to row. But then the last boat we had there was two boats that my parents had, which were I guess are they like uh, they're not leg and kayaks. So I guess and I've recorded on them is uh, they have they have two kayaks. They're still up there. And I guess because I never went on a canoe uh, since my great— Oh, and the Old Town canoe was a flat-bottom canoe. And so I probably did take that out once or twice. Uh, but uh, 
I don't know. I, n- I never got into canoes. I don't know why I like kayaks and not canoes. But so my parents at some point, I don't know if they, this was when I didn't, didn't was uh, living in California and not visiting them so often before I had a kid, you know, back when I was an independent young adult. Uh, but so at some point when I wasn't there, they got these k- k- kayaks, um, and I'm pretty sure they're the open sea kayak type. Uh, I can't quite picture them, but they're not the kind you stick your legs into uh, all the way. Like you kind of sit on sit on top kayak. I guess that's what's called. And of course, my dad named my mom's uh, dream boat. So I always think about that as like that's like the only named boat that we've done so far. And I don't know if my dad's his dream boat too, or if the other one has a different name, but I always think about my mom. I think that's kind of cute personally. Is that my not mom, my dad named my mom's boat dream boat. And they're very similar. And I usually take that out. Uh, well, I think in 2018 and maybe 2017 or 2016, I recorded episodes. The one of them may have been in a, a rowboat. But it, it just because of the way we do make the show now, it wouldn't work. It can't record on location episodes just because of the way we distribute the show. It just would it, it wouldn't it would wouldn't sound good, and it just takes so much to make it sound good. But uh, yeah, I'd take those out, and uh, I, I do really like that. Uh, and then I guess a final boat I'll mention. Well, two things. Uh, I did, like, I did do an episode about this when we went down the Wicked Watchy. I wonder what year that was, like 20, that was in the 2016, 15, maybe 17, but it couldn't have been later than that. It was when my dad was in a musical and uh, my mom was needing some extra help. Uh, I think she had had a, a procedure and... Um, my brother Ted and my brother Ken and I were all there and yeah, we took out, we, we went down the Wikiwachi in kayaks. Uh, I don't know if they're sit on top or sit inside kayaks, but then, uh, about two years ago or three, uh, 2019, yeah, 2019, I bought a stand up paddle board and I don't know what turned me around, around on stand up paddle boards, uh, but originally, I was not into stand-up paddleboarding. Like, I saw it. I was like, oh, that's just a trendy thing. Why Why would you stand up? I mean, honest to gosh, my thing was like, if you, why would you stand up when you could sit down? And then somewhere in there, I tried it. And the thing that blew my mind is that if it's warm enough for you not to have a shirt on and to jump in the water, like stand-up paddleboarding for someone that loves to swim is absolutely one of the greatest things. Uh, I mean, I know people do it for exercise or, I mean, actually I like it too, because you have a little bit better view. It's a little bit active, but like for Lake Terry or even on a river, like stand up paddle boarding is so phenomenal. Or, you know, in the Bay area, I'll go out on uh, like a tidal canal and I mean, I would like even to take it out, like to do do some kayaking, even on like some like not whitewater rafting, but like like that because I just love it so much. 
And that's where I was like able to get a great deal at Costco and uh, buy it from them. But yeah, that's another boat. That's my current boat in my life. Also, yeah, like other stuff I like that I usually would buy on Craigslist. But yeah, there's a few of the old boats uh, from my life. Uh, some some of these old boats. Uh, thanks, everybody.